So it was a while back we were golfing and I was with a friend who goes to our church. He's a Christian and another friend uh, who is not part of our community of faith. And he asked this question. He said, what, what makes my religion different than your religion? And what makes re- other religions different than Christianity? And immediately I started sweating. We're on the, we're on the tee box. I'm a pastor. I got to answer this question right. This is a big deal. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't screw it up. And I, I mean, I'm, my stomach's turning and I'm like, what? It, okay, let me, uh, well, uh, well, okay. Uh, and as I'm panicking, the other friend who attends our church, he just blurts it out. He goes, Grace. And I went, yeah, that's right, Grace. I was about to say that. I was testing you. I was, that's what's different. That's what's different about Christianity than all other religions, than all other, than all other faiths. It, it's, it's grace. It's that while, while religion is trying to somehow, hopefully, one day, maybe get to God, Christianity is radically different. Grace came to us. I'll, I'll be saying a lot of things over and over again. Let me just remind you again. Grace is the initiator. See, in religion, man is the initiator. Maybe I could say like this. In religion, faith is the initiator, but not in Christianity. In Christianity, grace is the initiator. God initiates. Even our relationship with God, do you know that we're adopted? When, when we say we're sons and daughters of God, we're adopted. Um, that's different than some of the way some of y'all had kids. You took that test and went, oh, okay, praise the Lord. Uh, God has provided. You didn't plan it. You know, Jabin means God understands. Because after five, after four kids and a miscarriage, my parents thought, we're done. And then five years later, <laughs> hey. <laughs> and they went, oh, God, God understands. Well, yeah, he sure did. <laughs> my point is, I, I wasn't planned by my parents. Okay, but, but in Christianity, when you get born again, God doesn't go, whoa, oops. <laughs> oh, I guess another kid in the kingdom. No, no, no. We're adopted. Grace is the initiative. Does that make sense? God planned you. God picked you. God chose you. God elected you. This is what the scripture says. And brought you into his kingdom. So, so grace is the initiator, not faith. Grace is the initiator. God is the initiator, not us. That's what makes us different. We're not trying to get to God. God got to us. Okay, now let me give you Bible for what I just said. It's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 9. Maybe some of the most important verses that any believer could ever Learn and memorize and get into their spirit. As for you, this, this, is, this is who you were before you met Christ, and this is who people are who do not yet know Jesus. You were dead in your transgressions and sins. That's who you were before Jesus, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. He, he literally says we 
We followed the world and we followed the God of this world, and that's Satan. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. So flesh was boss. Flesh was Lord. Flesh was in charge of us. Whatever your body told you to do, you did it. Anybody remember those days? Okay. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So we, we deserve the judgment of God because of our sin. Just got to know this. Um, that, that's who you were before Christ, and that's who people are who have not yet placed their faith in Christ. That's where we're at. It's not that Christians are better than non-Christians. It's just that there's, it's, you, there is a nature change that happens when you receive Jesus. Amen? But because of his great love, thank God, thank God, thank God for that. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace that you've been saved. Saved from what? Saved from that wrath we just were talking about. And raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he may show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Now, now verse 8 and 9. Put it on your screensaver, save it, put it on your fridge, do something with it. Because if, if you don't know Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, you're going you're gonna to constantly be questioning your walk with Christ. Because right here is, is everything. It is by grace you've been saved. Through faith. Now watch this. By grace, through faith. That means grace comes first. Grace first, faith second. Grace came to us, faith responds. We'll talk about that more next week. And this is not from yourselves. So even the faith that we have, it didn't just, we didn't just muster it up. It was a gift. It is a gift of God, not by works, not by good works, so that no one can boast. No one gets to boast. No one gets to boast. I want to talk about grace alone today, grace alone. Grace alone. You, you, you got to settle this in your spirit. Grace alone. Here, here's the first thing about grace. Grace is free. Grace is free. It is the gift of God. Now watch this in verse 8. The gift of God. Grace is not a gift. It's the gift. It's not one of many things God does. It's the the thing that God does, from which everything else flows. Grace is the unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor of God. That's what grace is. It's unearned. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. You can't merit it. You can't do enough to get it. It's the favor. It's God saying, I love you because... And there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Watch this. Grace is the gift of God. It's the gift because every other gift flows from this gift. Even the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they're called grace gifts. They're called the charismata, grace gifts. So even the gift of prophecy or the gift of tongues or the gift of faith or the gift of healing or any, any other gift God gives to us, he gives to us 
from the gift, grace. Anything God ever does in your life, any work God ever does in your life and through your life and for your life, he does because of the gift, grace. Am I making sense so far? Romans 8, 32. He did not spare his own son. Watch this. He, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? The father starts with the greatest gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Man, would, would God ever want to give me that? Well, if he gave you Jesus, I think he'll give you healing. If he gave you Jesus, I think he'll give you provision. If he gave you Jesus, I think he'll help your family. If he gave you Jesus, does that make sense? He starts with the gift. And if he didn't spare his son, how will he not also along with his son, with Christ, graciously, grace, the gift, grace, give us all things. So, I can boldly go to my father and ask for all things because I already know he gave me his most precious thing. We can expect to receive from God because he's already given us his best. Here's what Philip Yancey says about grace. Grace means that there is nothing we can do to make God love us more. And grace means there's nothing we can do to make God love us less. Grace means that God already loves us as much as he possibly can. You know, our love, our love grows. Our love grows for, like, I love Shannon more today than I did. My love for Goldie has grown. It really has. She's, she's five and a half turning six. I, I love her more. I just, like... I didn't think I could love her more than the day I first held her, but now I love her more. My love grows. Your love grows, and your love can diminish. You don't need to say amen, but you know it's true. God's love for us does not grow or diminish. It's, it's always at max. Does that make sense? So we, we treat God the way we think we treat or we, we, we think God treats us the way we treat people, right. Right. right? So, okay, well, God's probably mad at me today. God doesn't love me as much as it went. God's probably really super proud of me today because I gave him the offering. And I was singing real loud, and I said, amen. And, man, God must be. No, God loves you as much as he possibly can at all times. So by grace, you've been saved. 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 Well, saved from what? Well, recently, one of the most popular preachers uh, in America in my generation Sadly, was asked this question. And the, the man said, what, what are we safe from? And he had such a perfect opportunity to preach the gospel. And he goes, well, we're safe from ourselves. And I went, well, that's not what the... You'll not find a scripture that says we're safe from ourselves. And I was just like, oh, man, fumble. <laughs> Verse 3 says we're safe from wrath. But we don't want to say that because... We think that we need to protect God's reputation. But, the, but that's not my book. That's God's book. And we're safe from wrath. Not the wrath of hell. Not the wrath of the devil. Not the wrath of me. Not even the wrath of sin. The wrath of God. And God's okay with 
God in his grace is okay with revealing that to us. Romans 5.9 says we are saved from the wrath of God. Well, my God is love. He is love. He's also holy. And it's his holiness that makes his love pure. That makes sense? Well, we're, you're, you're safe from yourself. Well, probably, eventually. But, we're, but, but see, you cheapen the grace of God when... Because basically it just makes you a better you instead of... No, God in his holiness has every right to take me out. And instead, in grace, he saves me from wrath. Because that's what God told Adam and Eve. God told Adam and Eve, he didn't say, hey, if you eat of this fruit, if you rebel against me, um, you're going to be your biggest enemy. That's not what he said. He said, if you eat this, you will die. And that's what happened. The moment they ate, a process of death began in the earth. Sin leads to death. And Hebrews 9 says, without the shedding of blood... There is no forgiveness of sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So what happened with Adam and Eve? They tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. God said, that ain't going to work. There's going to have to be blood that's shed. So God killed an animal, and he covered them with animal skin. He, he gave them their first clothing. He covered them. It's a picture of what Christ would eventually do for us, that you can't cover yourself with cheap fig leaves of religion. God didn't save me from myself. He saved me from the judgment that I do deserve. I do deserve. I do. Now, it's, we don't talk this way anymore in church. That's okay, but we talk about it here because it's in the Bible. And by the way, you'll never appreciate, you'll never appreciate grace till you understand grace. Does that make sense? So here's what, here's what Romans 6 says. It says that the wages, the payment of sin is death. But the gift, watch this, we have wages and now we have a gift. The gift of God is eternal life. See, when I say unearned, undeserved, it's not a wage. It's a gift. The wages of sin, the payment for sin. You want to do this the devil's way, you're going to get paid that way. And the payment for rebellion against God is death but the gift the gift not the payment it didn't say the the wages of sin is death but the wages of god is he, no it's not wages it's a gift the gift of god the gift of god but the gift of god what's the gift of god grace is eternal life grace is the free gift of god that when I rebelled against God and when I turned against God and when I sinned against God in grace, he does not treat me as I deserve, does not give me what I deserve, does not give me what I should get. He gives me something so much more beautiful. He gives me life. It's a gift. I can't earn it. I can't achieve it. Grace is free. Does that make sense? Grace is so, so number two, though, grace is not cheap. Grace is free to us. <laughs> Does 
that make sense? Grace was not free to God. Because we, we just said that, that, that this is how grace works. So how, how do we get saved? Well, we get saved, 1 Corinthians 6.20, God bought you with a high price. God bought you with a high price, not silver and gold. It's the blood of his own son. It's the blood of Jesus. God bought you with a high. So it's not cheap. It's free to us, not free to God. Every parent knows this. Every parent knows this about your kids. That food in the house is free to them. That air conditioning is free to them. That bed is free to them. That hot water in the shower is free to them. It ain't free to you. It's free, but it's not cheap. God's gift to us is, is free to us, but it's not cheap. So Ephesians 1.7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Redemption. That's a, that's a Bible word you, you hear in Scripture you don't hear anywhere else. But it's a powerful word. In Christ, in him, in Christ we have redemption. Redemption means regaining something through a payment. Watch this, regaining, redemption, re. It was lost, it's been found. It was one way, it got stolen or it got taken or it got sold, and now it's being bought back, redemption. Regaining, not gaining, regaining. It also means the clearing of one's debt. So 1 Corinthians 15 says that in the first Adam, the first Adam is sin and death. But then there is a second Adam, Jesus, who brings life. So God put us on the planet. We lost our purpose. We lost our relationship with God. We sinned against the holy God. Satan stole us. Satan took us. Adam gave up his rights as the man in the planet. Jesus bought it back. Jesus redeemed Adam. He purchased him back. He purchased us back from hell. He purchased us back from Satan. Um, that's why, remember when Satan said um, in Matthew 4, he said to Jesus, all these kingdoms of the world I'll give to you. Jesus didn't go, uh-uh. They're not yours, they're mine. No, they were Satan's. Because Adam gave them to him. Adam gave him the garden. Adam gave him dominion. Adam gave him the planet. But when you come to Christ, you get purchased back out of that system. That makes sense? Colossians says, out of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So I'm in the first Adam. I'm in the God of this world. But then, but then Jesus buys me back, purchases me back, redeems me. Places me back into the kingdom of God. How did he do it? 1 Corinthians 15, 3. Christ died for our sins. Grace is not cheap. Christ died for our sins. We're about to receive communion to remember the price he paid because Christ died for our sins. What happened on the cross? 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For our sake. He made him to be no sin 
excuse me, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. For our sake, him, Christ, became sin. The, the better translation of this in the Greek would be the offering of sin. Jesus became the sin offering, became the Lamb of God, takes away the sin of the world, who knew no sin. He had never sinned. But in that moment, he paid the penalty for our sin. So that, why did he do it? So that we might become. Watch that. He became so that we might become. He was made into the offering of sin that we might become. Become what? The righteousness of God. As righteous as Jesus. As righteous as the sinless one. Good news. That's some good news right there. You're like, I don't feel that way. I know. We'll talk about that next week. I don't feel that way either all the time. But it's what God says about me in Christ. And the moment I believe, if I can really, 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 really believe that, my life will start going in that direction. All right, so John 19 on the cross, Jesus declares, it is finished. The Greek word he uses there is a phrase called tetalistai. It just means fully paid for. It's done. There's nothing you can add to it or take away. It's done. It's done. It's finished. The price has been paid. Jesus on the cross did not say it's almost finished. It's finished. The resurrection, by the way, was not the completion of it is finished. It was the proof that it was finished. So without the resurrection, we don't have, we don't have faith in, in God. We, it, this doesn't work without the resurrection. But the resurrection was not the completion of the work. It was the proof of the work completed. Does that make sense? There's a difference there. So when Jesus said it is finished, he wasn't lying. The resurrection proves that he wasn't lying. By the way, there's a, there's a very strange, and some of you may believe this, and I just want to help you here. There's a strange idea that people say that Jesus actually went into hell for three days and died spiritually. He did not. He didn't say, it's almost finished, give me three more days. It was finished. Jesus did not go to hell to pay a payment. He actually went to hell, this is what Peter says, to preach to the spirits. He went down into hell. He went down into Hades. In other words, he went down into the afterlife. And he went, Satan, you're done. Give me my keys. Yeah. Man, my God, I feel that. And then he said, Abraham, let's go. David, let's go. Malachi, let's go. Ezekiel, let's go. Adam, let's go. Eve, let's go. Moses, turn up. Jacob, come on. He preached to the spirits, the Bible says. It is finished. And then he proved it when he got up. That's what happened for three days. Hebrews says that he went up to the real temple, not the temple on earth. He went to the real temple and poured out his blood on the mercy seat. That's what happened. So that's a, that's a real strange thinking that some charismatics have believed it's just it's so not it's just so not true 
The price was paid on the cross. The resurrection is the proof that the price was paid. Excuse me that I got a little emotional right there, but man, I felt that. I was speaking in Spanish. That wasn't, that wasn't tongues. I wasn't out of order. So, so, so God demonstrates his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Grace is free, but grace is not cheap. It's not cheap. Wow, it is finished. It is fi- he didn't say it's almost finished, but now you, you got to take on the next. It's, it's, it's 97% finished, but the 3%, man, y'all got to figure this out. What a terrible way to live for the rest of our life. Have I got there? Have I done enough? Have I- you haven't done enough, can't do enough. <laughs> So enjoy the free gift. Can I, can I take advantage of that gift? Can I, can I abuse that gift? Can I? Yeah. This is what the Romans thought. Paul had to write to the Romans in, in Romans chapter 6 and say, just because grace abounds doesn't mean we should keep on sinning. Because the thought was, if sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Let's go. Let's and Paul said, no, 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 that's not how it works. We should honor this free gift to us. We should honor because it's so expensive to him. We should live a life that doesn't take advantage of and abuse. And, but, but at the same time, don't, don't you dare think for a second that, that, that somehow that there's this responsibility on you to, to complete a work that's already been completed. Right? Does that make sense? So, so if you go out to eat with, with some people today and, and someone at the table pays the bill, you ought to say thank you. You, you shouldn't look at them and go, yeah, you should pay. No, you should say thank you. But also when they leave, you shouldn't go back and pay again. That would be foolish. That would, dis, that would dishonor what they just did. It's already done. It's already finished. Why are you trying to pay for something that's already finished? Yeah. So, so then, so here, here's number three. Grace must be received. Grace must be received through faith. By grace through faith. We don't have faith in faith. Or in works or in effort. Our faith is in the grace of God. Our faith is in it is finished. Our faith is in what has already been done. That's where our faith is at. That's where our faith is at. It's it's by grace. It's through faith. But faith is second. Faith honors God. Faith pleases God. If our faith is in God. (laughs) It doesn't please God if our faith is in ourselves. Yeah? So, so my faith is in his grace. My faith is in his work. My faith is in what he has done. And grace has to be received by faith. I've got to receive this. Not earn it or does I've got to receive it. 
Jesus gives us a glimpse into how to receive from him. Matthew 18, verse 3. I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of God. Watch, watch how you get into the kingdom of God like a child. This is Matthew 18, verse 4 now. So anyone who becomes as humble as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom. As humble as a little child. I don't know if I would necessarily define a child as humble as much as I would define them as helpless. Needy. Yeah? That's how you got to get with God. You, you've got to get to the point of humility with God where you're the child. So I look at this back in verse 3 one more time. I tell you the truth, unless you, you turn from your sins and become like. So much of our sin is all about control. Because <laughs> I can control the pleasure. I can control the emotion. I can control the mo I can control it with anger. I can control it with lust. Or I can control it with a substance. Or I can, yeah. So I'm, I'm turning from control and I'm becoming like a little child. Where the father has complete control. That's how you get into the kingdom. And, and if anyone becomes, verse 4 now, as humble as this little child. As helpless, as in need of this little child. That's the greatest in the kingdom. Not, not what I'm trying to earn, but when I'm receiving. Not when, I'm, not when I'm trying to purchase something that's already been purchased, which, by the way, I couldn't afford. <laughs> well, we'll look at this next week, but Paul said that. Paul said, if our, if our good works could do it, Christ died for nothing. But, but our good works cannot do it. So, so it's in my humility... That I become the greatest. When, 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 I, when I really believe that. One person said it like this. That, that re religion is saying do, do, do. But grace says done, done, done. It's done. And now I live in the finished work, I live in the done of Christ. That's grace. That's grace. Grace is free. Grace is not cheap. But grace must be received. I add nothing to it. I just don't add anything to it. Anytime I try to add to it, I make more of a mess. And again, every person with a child in here, you know what I'm saying. Anytime. I'll help you cook. Okay. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun, but it's going to be a mess. I'll help you clean. Okay. It's going to be fun, but it's going to be a mess. Huh? God, I'll help you. And God, okay. it's going to be a mess. You're gonna, it's going to be a mess. It's gonna be. 
grace. Are you grateful for grace today? Amen. May the keys come up. I got to get out of here. Let's clap our hands. Give God praise. Lord, I'm so grateful for your grace. So now, now all that faith will grow to the level of your understanding of grace. Man, I need more faith. Man, I need to grow my faith. Man, this, I guess I haven't got a, a prayer answer yet because I need more faith. I need more faith. Faith should grow, but it grows by your understanding of grace. This, this is here, just a little amazing thing. Paul would greet the churches. You'll read this in Galatians and Colossians and Ephesians. And he'll start with this, grace and peace to you. He would say it like this, let grace and peace be multiplied to you. Not faith. Not faith. He would pray to the church, E, and he would say, I'm praying for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. Not, not for faith. He didn't say, I'm praying for faith. Man, you need more faith. Let me pray for your faith. He said, I'm praying for understanding. Because if you could ever get the goodness of grace, your faith is going to go through the roof. So my faith is limited by my revelation, by my knowledge. By, and, and so Paul calls it a spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's because it's spiritual. There actually has to be a work done in the spirit. I want you to grab that communion element in your hand. If you're watching online right now, I want you to grab something quick. Grab a cracker. Grab a piece of bread. Grab something to drink quickly. Thank you, Lord. Does anyone need one? If you need one, lift your hand and the host will come to you. If you need one. We'll receive together in a moment. Just hold tight. If you could hold that bread in one hand, the juice in the other hand, we'll just just want to settle our hearts for a moment. This can, you know, this is a little, <laughs> this is a little moment here. We got to open it up. And everyone's frazzled. Just everyone relax. We're going <laughs> to. Some lady just got new nails done. She's trying her. <laughs> hand it to a neighbor real quick who doesn't have long nails. They'll open it for you. So, so just with that, with that in your hands, let me pray for you. Father, I pray for my friends. I pray for my church family. That you would grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Grant us the revelation of the finished work of Jesus Christ. That it is finished, it is done, it is settled. And we exhale in that. We just... Whew, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. That I cannot earn it, I cannot deserve it. Oh, but I can receive it, and we do so now. Pray this prayer with me before we receive. Say, thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you for paying the price for my sin. Thank you for saving me. I believe that it is finished. I believe you rose again. 
and I declare Jesus is Lord of my life. Just in a, in a worshipful, childlike, just humble spirit, go ahead and receive the, the bread and receive the juice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You are good, Lord. You are kind. And we give you glory today in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a bucket that's gone past, so you can put the elements in that bucket on as it goes past you. Lord, I give you glory today. I give you honor. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Woo! Anybody grateful today? Come on, let's thank God.